It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, Podcast. Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, football winding down, but still some football to talk about uh, today. Uh, and then, uh, of course, it's, if you haven't noticed, I'm a little snuffly today. So it's getting to be that kind of season that we're going to start focusing a little bit here on winter sports as well. Yes. Yes, it has. And sorry for the late podcast. I was driving back from Chicago this morning. so Where, where you went to see your favorite team, the Bears. And I have <laughs> proof that you were there to see the Bears. I, because I was a not couple of Halloweens ago, you went Halloween. as Ditka. Because I can, I rock and, the and Ditka. Abby was a Bears cheerleader. Yes, but no, I went as a Lions fan, and it it was it was a fun time. Again, we're not going to get into the whole Lions thing because that'll take up the whole show. But <laughs> I will say, Soldier Field, when you're sitting down, the views are fine. But boy, is that place a dump! It's old. It well, see, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't mind if it's old. Like Wrigley Field's old. Fenway's old, but people always say good things because they do it up the right way. The there's like if there was just all the old architecture and you walk in and you can just see it's old and you go, okay, it was built a hundred years ago. I give it a pass. But the renovations they did to it make it look like this beautiful piece of architecture and they put tin cans on top of it and it just looks like a spaceship <laughs> and the concourses are so tight. It's like Joe Lewis, but with three times the people and it's just n- not a good spot getting there. Like there's not a lot of parking by there. So we had to have, we had to get dropped off. No, there. Chicago. Yeah. Which Chicago, which if you think Detroit's busy and you struggle driving through Detroit, never drive through Chicago. You'll have a coronary. Um, but all in all, uh, Ford Field's not a, a palace by any place, but it looks like one compared to Soldier Field. Now, see, I'm one of the few. Uh, I like Ford Field. I, I like the whole, like, that part that's built into the building kind of mm. thing. I no, like I don't it. think Ford Field's a bad place, but it's unfortunate because, like, if you look at the stadiums that were built, like, three years later, like, if you go to Lucas Oil in Indianapolis or any of the other domes, like, especially Minnesota, you see what happened in the architecture in, like, the next five to ten years, and you're like, damn, we were close to that. But I digress. We have high school football to talk about because we have a team playing like an NFL team in Ubley. We have a we have a team playing better than an NFL team. Yeah, right. And Brown City season comes to an end, but again, nothing to be ashamed about in Brown City. And well, a few other things as well. Yeah, we'll we'll get it all rolling here in just a sec. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700 for all your real estate needs. O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. And we start with uh, football. We had uh, two teams when the weekend started, when the weekend ended, Ubley still playing football. But Brown City's uh, remarkable first year in eight-man football came to an end. They go 10-2. and two. The only team that beat them was Martin. Uh, Martin got them uh, this time in the uh, semifinals uh, of the uh, D1 eight-man playoffs. It's it's hard to believe that D1 has got two divisions and they're talking about a third. Eight-man, yeah. Yeah, eight-man. Well, eight it's, it's, it's because there's just – because of examples like Brown City, why more teams are going this route. But, yeah, Brown City finishes 10-2, and two, and Martin is a decidedly better team. But there's no shame in being, at worst, the fourth-best team in – eight-man division one in your first year uh and you might be the second best team depending on what martin does in the finals and i mean this is a great first year for brown city okay you lose to one team twice but every other team you played you beat and only one of them was well two of them were close only one was really close and brown city um I think has found a little home in eight-man. It's the first time they've won 10 games since 1997, and I there was a little bit of excitement in Brown City this year, and I'm happy for all the Green Devils, and I'm happy for Brown City football because I hope this is a spark that it keeps it going and it's not just a one-year thing. Yeah, and, and again, uh, and we talked a little bit about this uh, actually earlier today when we were recording the yeah. TV show. Um when I talked to Coach Cooper before I did uh, the game against uh, Sutton's Bay, Sutton's Bay, you know, he said we knew we had talent, um, and the reason that it wasn't working for us in the eleven-man game is because those three extra spots on the field were hurting us. Like we're we're not deep enough to go eleven guys on each side of the ball, but eight guys is just right. Like, it's just right so that we've got all guys who are physically capable mm-hmm. of playing at that level uh, and and who, you know, their their talents, they're, they're good players. It's hard to hide three guys who aren't ready to play. Right. And, and that's kind of what they've been doing the last few years 
playing 11-man football, is hiding three to four guys on offense and defense that, you know, they're going to be good players, but maybe they're playing as sophomores and they shouldn't. Right. Maybe they're playing as juniors and they should. Or freshmen, yeah. even. Um, and I even talked to, when I was at KPAC, talked to Coach Novi about it. And it's a similar situation. I, I made this example on the show. Let's say you have a sophomore that might not be physically ready, but you need him to play and you need him to play uh, a lot of snaps. Well, you think that's a good thing until okay, a kid that maybe hasn't hit puberty yet or hasn't developed enough yet, and he's just a bit, and he's undersized, and he's not ready, but in time he will be. Okay, he plays, and in practice he ends up just getting beat up, and he gets, and it's just, uh, he gets hurt or whatever because he's not physically ready to play. Well, maybe his junior year, he's not as excited about football because, well, one, they're on a team that was losing. I mean, last year, this Brown City went 1-8, and eight, weren't excited for it, and maybe he doesn't play football his junior or senior year. Or maybe other kids see that and they go, I, I don't want to go out there and, and get beat up for 75 snaps a game. I'm not doing that. Where an eight-man, that same kid, can play JV and he will play with kids his so- the same spot. Yeah. Or the freshman who would have to be up in 11-man because a lot of these small 11-man uh, teams have to have all four grades on varsity. The freshman that would just be a tackling dummy and be on the sideline in 11-man gets to play in JV and gets to play against kids their size and their speed and get a chance to learn and grow. And instead of having a negative experience, has a positive experience, and gets to grow from it. And then as a junior and senior, are contributors, are guys that have tell their friends, hey, we had a lot of fun with this. We won a lot of games, and we can do this. And it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy either way, either the negatively or success breeding success. And I think that's what we saw the start of with Brown City. And I hope maybe a few kids in 6th, 7th, 8th, in that middle school or in the upper elementary school Hey, they go, wow, we can go play in a state semifinal. We can do this, but we want to be the team that wins it this time. And it grows that sense of, I don't want to say there wasn't pride, but it grows that sense of pride in Brown City. Yeah. Uh, So really exciting things happen this year in uh, Brown City. Uh, And I think it'll be, uh, again, that they can carry this over next year. I think they're going to get into a league. Hopefully, uh, you know, the this year they were independent, so they weren't playing for a league title or anything like that. But uh, at next, least they have a full year. off season to do this. Because remember, Brown City wasn't an eight man team till baseball season. Yeah. So and, and that was part of the reason why they couldn't get into a league. All the spots were filled well, and up. I, we think a few NCTL teams, I think uh, Genesee is going to 11-man, and there's one other. Which I don't get because they didn't win a game this year. and Apparently their younger classes are growing. I, I hope so because I, I worry about kids getting hurt. <laughs> I think it was Genesee, and there was one other one that uh, – Atherton maybe? Maybe Atherton. That was, and there's they, some questions too about what's going on at Flint International. International. So. so hopefully that happens. And oh, by the way, I said this again on our show. Mike Gallagher put it out on on Twitter, and you already know this now, Dennis. But the um, Clippers for Martin used to be the Onion Kings. <laughs> Isn't that a great? It's a great name. Can we make a, a Gallagher made the joke? Can we reopen submissions for Sandusky, the Sandusky Onion Kings? The Onion Kings. What crops do they grow in Sandusky? Ah, uh, probably what soy and probably beets, sugar beets. The beet kings, the beet kings. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, I they thought grow that was corn neat. up there too, don't they? I don't corn know. Kings. I, I'm not. I respect the heck out of farmers because I could never corn do dogs. It. But <laughs> but anyway, I'd go to all their. If they were called the corn dogs, and like they gave, if, if Sandusky scores three touchdowns in what, a game, like, you get a free corn dog in, on the way in out. Semi pro, we we would do every single game. The, the ADs blocking shots, so they don't. <laughs> we don't can't afford corn dogs, Jackie. Uh, anyway, Brown City has nothing to be ashamed of. They lost to one really great team this year in Martin, and you couldn't ask for a better start to your eight man careers. You couldn't ask for a uh, better first uh, twelve games than what the Ugly Cats have had. This De- Dennis, I, I don't. They mean, just keep doing it, Brady. I don't mean to repeat myself. 
I really don't. But there's nothing new to say. The, okay, we'll talk about this when we talk about Iron Mountain because that's their opponent. But usually in the GTC and a lot of the thumb teams, it's very insular. So they beat the same teams, and especially in the playoffs, most of the time they have to play Marlette or Harbor Beach again or match up with uh, a team from the West, like USA. And you don't get that read. like You don't get that data point where we can at least kind of look at the scoreboard. This year they went to Saginaw. That's the only other time. And every time Ubley gets tasked with something tougher, they get better. Dennis, uh, we, I got the stat now thanks to uh, fans sending it in, but they've given up 13 points in the first half when the games mattered. Like, think about that. That's stupid. They beat Fowler 49-7. to That game was over before the midway point of the second quarter. That game was over in the first quarter. Like, seriously, it was I think 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. It was. And, and they scored on like 14 plays. It was, uh, yes, 14 nothing, And their drives were five yards, 61, or five plays, 61 yards, one play, 46 yards, six plays, 57 yards, one play, 21 yards. So, yeah, 14 plays at the end of the first quarter, and it was 28 nothing. Like, and this is a Fowler team. Again, they're not doing this to the the lower teams in the thumb. A Fowler team who had knocked off Beale City, an undefeated Aggie team last week, and in a big upset. And their only loss was to Lanesburg, a D6 school. Besides that, Fowler had taken care of most of their teams. This is a team that beat Pawamo Westphalia this year. Yeah. Again, not the one you're used to, but they still beat them. And they go to Ubley, and it's like they brought their JV team. And no disrespect to Fowler, it's just Ubley is Ubley's just doing stupid good things. Like well, we mean it in a good way. It's dumb what Ubley yeah. is. F- Fowler was the bigger team, and Ubley out physicaled them. Yeah, um, you know, they they kind of pushed them around the field. Another three hundred and forty-four yard rushing day. Hey, Ubley did something that they hadn't done all playoffs long. Threw a they pass. threw a pass. <laughs> Think about. I got that. an eighteen-yard completion. Right, but. Uh, but the, 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 they've thrown this is the third that was the third game of the playoffs. That's the first time they felt like they were in a situation where they had to throw a fo- the football. I yeah. Well, they probably didn't even have to because Evan Peruski uh, I I think it was like a, a third and long and they were trying to get a first down. And they got it. Yeah. Um and Evan Peruski who didn't really do much last week, he you know, he distributed the ball. He goes, "Okay, my turn." I'm going to carry it 10 times. Four of the times I carry it, I'm going to score a touchdown. And I'm going to run for 267 yards. Dennis, every time he touched the ball, he averaged going more than a quarter of the football field. He also had two interceptions and one ran back. So five total touchdowns, 267 yards, and hey, one completion. He was actually, he threw an interception, but by himself, he is positive. But it was, it was like a punt. Right. It, it, was a, it was a deep ball towards the end zone uh, that was picked up. The kid probably should have dropped the ball. They would have gotten it further up the field, basically, kind of a thing. But, uh, yeah, he had a 46-yard touchdown run, 21-yard touchdown run, 77-yard touchdown run, 50-yard touchdown run, and a 65-yard interception return for a score. Right. Last week, we talked about Seth Maher and, and Mark Heilig. They combined for uh, 70 yards on 13 carries because they didn't need to do anything yeah. else. They I mean, did score a touchdown Yeah, they each each. did score. Uh, and Aiden Makoviak had nine more tackles, two for locks. Uh, Candon Peruski had two TFLs uh, in the game. Ten tackles total. Yeah, ten total tackles to lead the, the team. Makoviak recovered a fumble, too, and that was the other thing I wanted to mention when you turn the ball over against Ubley, okay, there, there were three turnovers in that game, and Ubley turned them into 21 points. The pick six, but there was another interception that didn't go for a touchdown, but on the next play, he, I think, was his 77-yard touchdown run, and there was the, the fumble on the next play, 46-yard touchdown run. Dennis, it's funny because stats can lie. So if I would have told you before this game, all right, that Ubley would only have seven first downs, they would only convert three third downs, 
and they'd only have the ball for 14 minutes of the game, you, you might go, ooh, they might, that might be a close game. But it turns out they only, they only converted three third downs because they only had yeah. three third downs. They only had the ball for 14 minutes because they'd score so damn quickly that, that Fowler had to play catch up and had to try. Like, they would get the ball back. And like you said, they go, oh, mistake. Shouldn't have given us the ball. Touchdown. Yeah. The other, the other thing they do at Ubley, I think, is they don't give themselves credit for a first down where they make a long touchdown run. Because technically and, and, it's not a first down. Well, technically I think in the in the pros they give you the first down. No, they down. don't. I think they do. I'm pretty sure you don't get the first down on a touchdown. Mm, I, I think I remember Dan Miller saying that that's a first down too. Well, either way. Anyways. Um, it, well, I can look it, it up it's, in the It's break. a moot point. Like you say, well, they're, they're not getting any first down. Well, it's because they're breaking yeah, 70, they're 70 touchdown runs like, and things like that. Like it's – I just – what else do you say? Give a lot of credit to this coaching staff and a lot of credit to these kids because it's easy to get cocky and complacent. And if they want to be cocky, who's going to say anything to them? But they're obviously letting their play also talk for them as well because they are stomping teams. Like You're not supposed to win a regional final 49-7. Even last year's Marine City team, they were supposed to be better than Corona, and Corona made it a game against them. That was a dominant Marine City team. And they struggled a bit with Corona. Ubley uh, just dominates Fowler. Like It's like clockwork. This shouldn't be happening. This is what's supposed to happen when they play a lower-tier GTC East team in week five or whatever when they when they have their homecoming game and it's we go the game we go oh yeah Ubley's playing them it's gonna they're doing this in a regional final like thanks for coming Fowler now they play Iron Mountain in Petoskey Saturday at one and Dennis Iron Mountain give their resume yeah I mean unless you tell me they're coming in with like an NFL quarterback they might be in well trouble, I mean I I don't know then. a whole lot about Iron Mountain they are eleven and one. They lost in week one to Nagani, 19-14. to 14. Now, Nagani is 12-0 and 0 and playing in the semifinals in Division Six. So, I'm going to say Nagani's a, a, a good and opponent. And I do want to say this because I kind of like with Ubley, the UP teams are kind of insular. Outside of like Sault Ste. Marie and maybe Kingston, they don't really leave the UP. And that that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just... Hard to connect data points, much like Ubley in the thumb. Yeah, so they, they have played a couple of teams more than once. They they played uh, Bark Harris, uh, Bark River Harris, and Ishpeming in the regular season, and then those were their first two playoff games as well. So that so that's four of their wins are against those two teams. But uh, I mean, from week two all the way through the first round of the playoffs. Everything was a blah. 34 nothing, 28 25-8, 35-7, 47-0, 28-8, 55-6, uh, and they beat Ishpeming in the first round of the playoffs, 42-6. to The last two weeks, the scores have been closer. I don't know how competitive the Bark River-Harris game was. It ended up 32-16. to And that I can know. lie. I, like 32 to 16 could be you were sweating it out until they scored with a minute left to put it away, or it could mean it was 32 nothing, and then they said, "All right, yeah, let's they, get the JV yeah. kids." Some uh, reps. I do know that they battled in the regional final because they were down to Evart uh, 28 to 14, I believe it was the score in the third quarter, and they came back and won that game uh, 34 to 33. Um, to advance, so they were in a in a battle. I mean, for what it's worth, they in their nine regular season games, they played six teams that made the playoffs. Again, it's it's just hard to tell. And again, it's not a good practice to go. Well, they beat this. The transitive property doesn't work. But what I just do know is, I'm sorry, Ubley's the favorite against anyone they play, because we thought Beale City might be a team they meet in the finals with the original draw because remember when we talked about this after the draw we went that was a great draw for Mooney Ubley kind of got a raw deal and they people, we were saying that might be the toughest district in D8 and Ubley blew through it like like just it was a bag in the in the yeah. wind Everest beat 
Parkway 30-6, to six, I think, was the final score. So I'm happy because I don't have to eat uh, a shirt or whatever I said I would eat if, <laughs> if they lost that game. Uh, and they'll play uh, Ottawa Lakes uh, Whiteford. White, Whiteford in the semifinal. I think Whiteford is the slight favorite in that game. We'll, we'll see how that works out. But, again, if you're Mooney, you just got to be going, oh, man. They could still be talking about us if we could have just figured out a way uh, to to get Everest a second time. Um, but that, that's why I, I didn't like that matchup. I know you didn't. Um, but but it is what it is. And, it is. And, and I can't up- cry about it. And I almost want Everest to win to get the finals and then have Ubley just destroy them. <laughs> just that for a little catharsis. Yeah, just, you know, it'll make me feel better looking at an Ubley 61 Everest 6 score or something like and that. And one last thing I want to say about Ubley is I feel like, and again, I could be way off base, but I have to imagine they have the full backing. Like, they know this is the year because there might not be a more decorated program without the big one than Ubley. And, like, this is the the ultimate revenge tour. This one's for all the teams that got to the semifinals and lost, got to Ford Field and lost, and ran into that team that ugly might have been two or three in Division Eight, but there was that one team that was just a bit better, whether I think Traverse City St. Francis did it to them uh, way back, whether it was Hudson or, or Centerville or, or Beale City. Uh, Puamo Westphalia was a team that beat them deep in the playoffs. This is the chance to finally get the big one. And, Dennis, have you ever seen a more dominant team in this area, especially for a public school, that you can remember in your 20-some years? Well, no, and the fact that, again, they're, they're so small, they're, they're not recruiting, you get what you get. And if, okay, let's, let's say they are recruiting. Okay, you can go recruit. Sandusky, Harbor, like you're not recruiting from Detroit, yeah, Saginaw, like, Flint. Even, even Sandusky to Ubley is not a short drive, so it's like, like why exactly. would you do it? <laughs> like, even, let, like if they were breaking all the rules, it's not like they're picking from the most fertile grounds anyway. But, I mean, again, I, I look at this two ways because there's that part of me that says, well, it, it, it's now or never. Right. If you if you don't win it with this team, because they basically got everybody back from last year, mm-hmm. third year with Evan Prusky as as the QB, uh, and he's gotten this is the third straight year they've made it to at least the semifinals. As a freshman, he got them to Ford Field, um, and they ran into a ridiculous defense in Centerville that year. They had like nine shutouts. Yeah. That, that again, year. that was they were the really really good team, but Centerville was the great team. Yeah. So you, you feel like. Man, if, if if this bunch doesn't win it this year, Ubley's never going to win a title. And then you remember, Bruski's going to be back next year. He has 33 <laughs> wins as a junior. He could have 35 wins in three years. I'm curious what the record would be for wins in a uh, wins a quarterback wins in a career. I want to know I, why De La Salle hasn't been up there to offer him something so he come down and play that <laughs> right. <laughs> Because that's a bit far, but still, <laughs> still, I don't know if they keep that record um, for individuals. But boy, he'd have to be around there, right? Like, that's a ton. Well, like if if you had to 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 say it right now, and, and I, there's two games to go, but he's got what three losses right now. Yeah, and two of them were a semifinal and a so final. He's probably going to go into. Sorry, he has four. He has four because he, uh, he lost two in the regular season in twenty, and one last year, right? Or did they lose two last year? No, they only lost the one. So they lost three in twenty as a freshman, and then one in twenty-one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So he 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 may go through his senior year averaging one loss a season. Yeah, I mean that's not out of the realm of possibility. There's a lot of work to be done. You've got to win two games this year and then 14 next year. But the way he's been going, if there's a kid that can do it. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And a team that can do it with him. So Iron Mountain versus Ubley in Petoskey for the right to go to Ford Field. And, well, that seems like as fair of a spot as you can go for that. Yeah, that's not too bad because I know some people up there were worried that they might have to go up to Marquette to play this game. Um, and they were actually they were actually rooting 
for the other team to win because there'd be less travel involved. Um, but uh, Petoskey's, you know, that's not a short trip for Iron Mountain. No. And, you know, for, for Ubley, it's not an easy trip either. There's, like, no easy way to get into Petoskey. No. But, um, you know, it, it's as fair as it could get. And we were looking at the facility online. It looks, it looks be- like a beautiful field. It opened field. in 2016. Like, you're pl- if people in Ubley are listening to this who haven't looked up Petoskey, you're going to have a nice field to play on. Yeah, so um, and, and it should be a lot of fun. I haven't looked at the weather situation for Saturday, but for Ubley, the the worse the weather is, that that shouldn't affect them any. I don't think it matters because at we're all. talking again about this about a moon. team that's that's three and zero in the playoffs and has only put the ball up twice. Play it like Michigan State and Gonzaga. Put it on an aircraft carrier. Who cares? <laughs> Doesn't matter. All right. Well. Uh, give it luck to the Bearcats. They don't uh, need it. Well, I'm going to give it to them anyways. <laughs> you know, you, when, when you see when you get like this, that's when bad things happen. I've been like this for uh, since week three. So since when, the heart, sorry, week yeah four with the Harbor Beach. When game. you get so sure, then I start to get nervous. But uh, with Ubley, it's a they little, are it's un- a little easy not they to are get un- sure. Hexable. Unhexable. Okay, yes. I, I hope so. All right, uh, take a break, and uh, we'll uh, we'll start actually talking about some other sports. <laughs> believe it or not, because the the winter season actually starts this week. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. Got a hockey game coming up this week, so uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. 
We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You are back with uh, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. And, uh, yeah, uh, with football kind of winding down here, uh, Brady, at, at most two games left in the, uh, the football season. Yeah, uh, for area teams and snow uh, it, on the ground. It's time to start thinking about hockey and basketball. Right. We'll do bat. We'll probably deep dive into basketball a little more next week because with Thanksgiving and everything being a bit off, we might uh, record our big previews for that because. Basketball seasons are going to be interesting. There's a lot of changes, some new faces, but hockey is one that intrigues me a lot because Marysville brings a lot back. Uh, there are some really good players that graduated. Port Huron Northern is a weird mix. They bring a lot back on the in the forwards. But losing Logan Sheffer is a really big loss because in their league, he – Sometimes single-handedly kept him kept them in games. Yeah, I mean, he was a, a kind of an elite goalie. I think that's fair to say, and I, and I think that most of the uh, the coaches in that league, the uh, MIHL, which is the league that Northern plays in, uh, were, were voting him as you know the the goalie of the year in that. I think Conference. he was second team all state. Yeah, uh, so I mean, he was getting a lot of accolades because, again, he he's facing a lot of firepower, and he he was holding the Huskies into games. They you know they struggled at times creating scoring chances and getting goals last year, and I think they'll be better at that this year because. Again, they bring back a lot of, uh, of forwards who will have that year under their, their belt. But the big question is who's going to be in goal for them? And also, they lose some size and, and some guys that they really leaned on heavily back on, on the defense. Nolan Johnson is the one real big name, but there are, there are a couple other guys uh, too. So there'll be some younger players asked to do more defensively. I, I think... Uh, Clink will be a guy that uh, you you'll see who will get a lot of ice time for them uh, and and but I, I think the they're going to have to maybe score a few more goals this year because there's no way you can fully unless there's somebody there that I don't know about right you you can't really replace a Logan Sheffer and it, and it's tough right away to find guys the size that they had back on that defense. Yeah, and the the thing about Northern is they could be a good team. They could be a plus team and still struggle very mightily in the MIHL. Like there have been, Dennis, there have been Northern teams that you look at and you go, they have dudes, they have talent, and at the end of their conference season, they have three wins in conference play. Really, you know, Liggett, teams. Cranbrook, De La Salle, St. Mary's. All those teams, and if you're not state good, like make a deep run good, you're going to struggle. So Northern has a lot of question marks, and especially in net, 
you need to have a good goaltender, which Northern has always found a way to get some pretty solid goalies throughout the years. Like, they have usually had plus goaltending. Yeah, and uh, I think both goaltenders that played last year, Sheffer for sure, have graduated. And I want to say the third guy's name last year was Baumgartner. But he never played, so I don't know what he's like. And I don't know if he's back this year. So that's Northern. Marysville brings a lot back. They are a senior-laden team, and this is a year that Marysville probably feels that they can do a lot of damage. Well, uh, again, there's there's talent here. Um, and I'm, I'm a little nervous about Braden Turner because he, he got a bad injury during football season, so I don't know how that's going to impact the start of the hockey season. But at some point, he'll be playing for them, and he's a lot of fun to watch. The two Valley kids are terrific. They know where each other is. Noah's the older one. A couple of years ago, he was the goal scorer. Last year, he was more the distributor. Right. Um, and, and, and Ben is really uh, talented. They're strong in goal with McKinney. Um, Donaldson is a guy to keep your eye on, too, with, with uh, that team. They did lose their best D-man, Minesburg, and they do lose some punch up front with Van Hoodigan graduating. But they still have plenty. Um, and and the, the, their top guys played a lot last year, but they deserved the ice time because they did a lot last year. Well, I'm just going to give you the numbers from the ones you think about. Their, their top line of LaValle, LaValle, and Turner. Turner, 27 goals, 24 assists. Um, Noah LaValle, 15 goals, 33 assists. Ben LaValle, 14 goals, 16 assists. That's really solid. Can't get much better than now, that. Again, remember, they're, they're playing, what, 20 to 25 games. Right. But now, the difference between uh, Marysville being area good and maybe making it out of a very tough region and making a run is their depth. If they can get a second or third line that can – I'm not saying you have to put up numbers like that, but if you can get a guy on a second line that gives you – 10 to 12 goals. But if you look at their second line, you know, Van Hootigan scored right. a bunch of goals. Right. Uh, th- they did have goal scoring from two lines last year, um, which is a big deal in high school hockey. So that will be the question. Can some of these younger guys, and they had a lot of them, and they gave them ice time, um, which of these younger guys are going to make that have grown into their bodies, are stronger, skate, are skating stronger. There are a lot of guys at the beginning of the year when I saw them in the Larry Mans tournament, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, uh, they're struggling. Right. They and by the end up. of the year, you're like, you got no problem with this kid being out on the ice. He's taking a big face off. Um, Lone was, was one of the guys that early in the season, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, how much they, they could, could get away playing him. But by the end of the year, he is out there taking important draws, playing in big situations, um, and he, he just improved through the course of the season really well. Um, so uh, they did make some strides, but they have to continue to make those strides because I, th- I think that, you know, they're, they're a team where, where the, maybe there's a little target on them. This time, because people know that they're defending good. league champs. Yeah, they they know that uh, that there's talent there, and that this is a a team that is good. And so you've got to show up and give your best effort against them. Port Huron High is a team that is trying to reestablish their program. Their, their numbers have been up the last few years. They lose some quality uh, for them. A few seniors that graduated, and I think the first one that comes to mind is Ethan White. Yeah, uh, who played hurt last year and was still probably their most dangerous threat offensively. Um, and one guy that they that they do get back this year is Trevor Gregg, who I thought um, was one of their unsung heroes last year. He's a big dude. You look at him and go, yeah, he can't play hockey. No, he really worked on his game. He, he was skating better. Um, he, he uses his size to protect the puck along the boards, um, and and he was he was scoring some big goals for them last year. The again the the question for them, how many kids are going to come out for the team, and you know 
will it be enough? Because when they've got a full lineup, PH was competitive in, in, in games. They compete with most of the MAC teams. Right. Um, they, will give you a, uh, they will give you a game, and, and they were beating teams. They've been beating teams the last couple of years. A lot of people think that all the Big Reds do is lose all the time. No. They actually have been playing about 500 hockey the last couple of years. But when they play the Northerns and the Marysvilles, they haven't been able to compete with those teams the way you'd like them to. And so you think, oh, they stink. They don't when they have the players. It's those teams that they've had where, you know, they're they're playing games with nine kids. You just right. can't do it. No, and they have to figure out a way to replace Elijah Jones as well. Uh, graduated last year, and he was a very nice goalie, but because he was on PH, maybe was a bit overlooked in the area. Yeah, um, and, and they play in a, a tough regional too uh and this is the thing that i don't like this year with the hockey is our area teams for the most part have kind of been scattered well because there are um, th- the four teams uh northern is in two ph is in one marysville and thumb legion in three and they went different directions yeah i'll even throw anchor bay in there because they're with ph um with dakota who was Decent last year. Um, Lance Cruz North, who ended up winning the uh, regional that had Northern in it. Um, and also uh, Stevenson and Utica are in that. That Utica team, they don't need to be unified. I don't know why Utica and Ford don't have separate teams because they got like 40 players on their roster. It's stupid. Yeah, I don't I, I don't understand that. Um, but uh, that's, that's the regional when you get to that. Uh, and Anchor Bay is... Um, a good program, and, and they're usually pretty tough, and they almost always have good goaltending. But, uh, you know, when when you get to uh, Northern is going to be in with the two gross point teams this year, which is a little different. Um, St. Clair Shores Unified will be in that group, and then De La Salle. So I, I think most people are going to look at that and go, well, De La Salle's the team to beat. Uh, and then uh, I probably gross point south. I think North was really bad last year. Yeah. They only won a couple of games. Yeah. If they won at all. And um, uh but I think Northern can be competitive there. Hopefully. I mean every region has one boogeyman to get out of the way. But um the only other team we have is Thumb Legion. Again, there's such a mishmash of teams as of schools because they'll have like 10 different schools they can pull from, and most of them they only get one or two kids from. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see what they are. They're a program that I think has been trending in the right direction. Can they keep moving in that direction? Well, and for the last few years, they've been in the same region with Marysville, but they're both in three, but they've been split apart this year. And Thumb Legion is headed over to the Flint area. They, uh, I'm assuming Caleb Lettner's going to play hockey again this year. I think mm-hmm. he scored 30 for them last year. Uh, and uh, he wasn't available in the playoff game that they played, or they would have at least won their first-round playoff uh, game for sure. Um, but uh, he's kind of what makes them go, uh, uh, certainly on offense. Um, and the the thing is, is is that they've gotten pretty decent numbers. Like, they do have a pretty full roster, um, they play everybody, which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a, a good way to improve people is to give them experience and uh, and let them play because it would be very easy to get sucked into double shifting Caleb Letner and he never leaves the ice. Right. But you know the, the, they don't necessarily do it that way. But again, if they got some goaltending, which the games that I've seen, their goaltending has been been pretty good the last uh, couple of years. We've been watching them for the for two years now. Yeah, um, they they've been pretty good. I mean, again, you say, "Ooh, Flint Powers." I don't think Flint Powers has been that strong the last couple of years. Tawis, they regularly beat. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know much about Freeland hockey. Is that must be a new program? Or it's uh it's a combined thing and they're Colts. using Freeland yeah as the because they on the uh, MHSA site Thumb Legions under Sandusky yeah so you know 
it, it, it's really interesting. And uh, I lost Marysville. Where, where the heck did Marysville? Oh, there they are. I know they have Liggett uh, and yeah, Cranbrook. Mary, Marysville has Country Day. Oh, Country. Cranbrook, Liggett, and Bishop Foley. I don't is, think Country Day is their amazing region. at hockey. But, yeah, Marysville would have to get a couple. The good news for them is they get out of that. It's a much it, the, the road gets smoother. Well, with McKinney and goal, if he's hot and well, here's uh, again where, we, we've talked about it. They've got a production important. line. They need to find a way to get to one of the top two spots in MPR. The regular season is so important, and it starts with your first game against Romeo. If you can get to one of the two, and maybe you get the luck of the draw after that, and Liggett and Cranbrook are on the same side, they knock each other off. You only have one big upset to get instead of two. They need to play every single game with that in their mind that, hey, we can't take a night off and lose a game we shouldn't because if you're .2 MPR points behind them, that sucks because now you're going to have to beat them both. Get to the top two, and you give yourself a really good shot. You just have to have one great night. Yeah, that's an interesting test. And uh, Marysville and Romeo played a game last year. I went over to Suburban Ice Arena on a Saturday and watched it. and It was one of the greatest hockey games high school-wise that I've ever seen. It was so much uh, fun. I think Marysville scored two goals in that game in four seconds. Um, yeah, state record, <clears throat> by the way. And it ended up, uh, I think Marysville won five to four. They went back and forth, uh, and it was a late goal that won it. Um, I'm not saying that's a game we're going to have on Wednesday night at uh, McMorrin, but uh, I'm saying it's it's a good test. That's a good first game to find out where you're at. Right. Um, so that's about it for hockey. And we still have one more segment to go. And we'll talk about something in that segment, won't we? Well, we usually do. Yes, we you, do. Usually I can't keep you from not talking. <laughs> but, yeah, we had a I little try bit. try that sometimes. You know, let's see if we can have a, a complete silent segment. <laughs> Last time, um, there have been a little bit of you, breaking you'd news crack in 10 seconds. since our last show that we do need to address, so we'll do that in the third segment. Okay. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 this is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. 
At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll let you begin. All right, so... Some news broke uh, about, uh, I think it was on Friday, Thursday or Friday is when. Uh, it was actually before that. Well, when, like the, story, of, when yeah. the story was published, we had heard about it about a month prior that Len Perkins was let go by Algonac. And I'm just going to read you a few out excerpts from Brendan's article from the Times-Herald. Softball coach. Yes, yeah, softball at coach at Algonac. Went 34-2 and last year. Lost one of the craziest softball games I've ever seen in the state semifinals. Just going to read you um, a few direct quotes from the article, and then that's the, this is all the information we know. Um, I will say what we heard a few months earlier is the same thing we heard in this article, so anything in here is all we know. Um, that they let him go in late October, uh, and that the only thing that a- athletic – the athletic director of Algonac, Mitch Landrum, said he replied in an email to Brendan Welper and said, quote, Coach Perkins did an amazing job for us as the Muskrat varsity softball coach over the past four years and played a vital role of putting Algonac softball on the map. We appreciate everything he has done for our program, but as a district, we have decided to move in a different direction, end quote. So basically just said we let him go. We fired him, but in a nicer way. Um, I will say that uh, here are some quotes from Len Perkins talking on the record about what happened. Um, You think about all the work, quote, you think about all the work you had done. Perkins said, I had already done the schedule for next year because I met with Landrum in July after the season was over and everything was going, quote, great, end quote. Um, He then goes on to say, quote, I had called a couple of parents because we needed to do some work on the softball field, and no one answered. No one called me back, so I called Landrum, and I said, what's going on? He said, we need to meet. You need to come in and meet with me, so that's what I did. Uh, End quote. Next quote. uh, The explanation was that Landrum met with some of the girls, and they said that I was mean to them and did not want to play for me. I don't have a mean streak in me. I don't know where they got that idea. Uh... Uh, one more quote. I know they thought I was mean for not wanting them to go over to the state semifinal the night before they played. That's what they were upset about, end quote. And it goes on to say that uh, despite this, players and parents of and some of his assistants made the trip the night before. Um, and, oh, sorry, one last quote that I think just bears relevance with the article Thank you for sticking with me. We'll get to actual good podcasting in a second. Uh, One other thing that Landrum said, uh, this is again Perkins, is that he didn't want to go through another team that didn't have enough members to play. Uh, Quote, Algonac did not have enough boys for football, he said. And he said, quote, six or seven softball players told me they wouldn't come out. So, again, it goes on a little more about uh, Algonac and all that. But those are the important parts. Now, I'm not here to 
play pick a side and say who's right, who's wrong. There's two sides to every story. One side told everything he believes to be true and everything that he experienced. And Dennis, you can confirm everything, all the quotes that Perkins said is the same thing he told us a, a few weeks back, yeah. correct? Yeah. There was nothing new. There wasn't o- nothing omitted. That's the same story we heard when we first found out about this. I do find it a little weird that it is you let a softball coach go in October. Again, I don't know. We're not there all the time. Things can look a lot different. You can be really nice to the media and put a, put a good face on when people are there and not be that way in practice. I don't know if that's the case. I will say that we have never had a problem with him and we have never seen anything where we kind of went, oh, that's not great. Because sometimes, Dennis, we'll see something, we don't say anything on air, but we'll say between ourselves, like, this coach did that, and I raised an eyebrow at it. But there was nothing that we ever noticed. And, Dennis, you probably were at 15 Algonac softball uh, The last two years, actually, I've done a lot of Algonac softball, and it's always been a pleasant experience. And you never um, and they've, over. Uh, and they've heard. always been happy that we're there, and Len in particular has always been happy. He's always been good about the the lineups um, and and getting that stuff to me. And uh, I, I think uh, everybody's getting used to me being around <laughs> right. softball the but last couple. But you years. were never anywhere close enough. Like sometimes we're at games, and there are coaches that you know get are intense coaches. Yeah, and. Some of them are just intense. Some of them you go, oh, all right, they need to tone it down a bit. We can say from personal experience, we never noticed that. Again, you don't have to be loud to what they, what he claims, quote, be mean. Yeah. Um, it was, again, the, the weirdest part to me is it happened in October. Like, if there's something wrong, don't you think that's something taken care of in July right after the season? Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, again, I, I think everybody was kind of riding high. They made it to the semifinal. Uh, they were in East Lansing. They were, what, a strike away yeah. from uh, being in the championship uh, game. And, and then Millington made one of the, the greatest comebacks I've seen. Uh, and and it went from Bomarito dominating them to four pitches later – they somehow had lost the game, and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? They right. ran a ball hard all, all day, and all of a sudden, two shots up the gap later, they've lost by a run, and you know it was more stunning than anything else. Uh, so I'm sure they were disappointed about that, but again, you'd never been in that position before. Right, and that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. Dennis, it wasn't that long ago that you remember doing district softball games and Algonac softball was bunting every pitch and was throwing the, basically slow pitch yeah, the, style the, the, pitches. The girls were pitching and they were throwing the ball underhand to the plate and they made uh, three outs on three straight bunts on three pitches in a, in, in a playoff game where they just bunted the ball. The three batters came up and just bunted the first pitch right back at the pitcher. It was almost like we want to get out of here. Um, and uh, one in particular, they lost like – 28 to two and three innings to Marine city. And, and, and it's like, wow. Yeah. And that's where it was. And this wasn't in 1990. This was in the mid 2010. Yeah. So think about how far it's come now. Obviously that's not all one person's doing. They have some generationally great talent, but I just, again, it's easier to tell the story when you're the guy who got fired than, People in charge usually have to be more. I don't want to use the term politically correct. That's not the right term, but tight-lipped. Yeah, kind well, of I mean, they, they there's keep, only so much they they can. It, it's school business, right? But and again, I don't know what happened. I can only tell you my experiences with Len Perkins have all been positive, right? Um, obviously, the results that they were getting at uh, Algonac. Uh, and not just Len, but that that whole coaching staff and and all the people who are involved and those girls are fantastic. Um, they've got two just superstars, and then a on lot of other team, and about eight others who would be stars. Who would they, be superstars if they played yeah. on just okay teams. Yeah, I, like I you mean, could probably take six or seven of those not 
superstar players and put them on just average teams, and we'd be going, oh, my God, look at her play. Um, DeVernay, the, the catcher, had an off year last year, and I'd still take her over most catchers in the Blue Water area. Right. And, uh, um, the, the Thomason, the second baseman, was incredible. Um, no, nobody talks about Maria Simpson, and all she did was rake and play anywhere on the field they wanted her to play. They had a, a freshman playing. She, she pitched a little. She played third base a little. She played center field uh, a little. She's, she's going to be a, a staple on that team for, for the next three years. Right. Sierra Vossler. Yeah, there was a lot. And DeLang. DeLang was the hero of the quarterfinal game. Right. Um, but the and one- would probably be an ace pitcher. For everybody right. else, but in Alconac, they yeah. got Bomberito. <laughs> um, but the one thing that I know a lot of people were upset about was the fact that, I mean, again, what Len Perkins alleges is that basically the, the, the team said, well, we don't want to play for him. And the thought is from some people that administration caved. Again, we don't know that to be true. What I do know is we heard over the summer, a team I will not name, we heard a situation like this may be happening, or they wanted this to happen. Nothing did, and everybody that supposedly was involved with it didn't do it, and everyone's on the team this year. Yeah. So I just know that in one situation, whoever was a decision maker stuck to their guns, and in this one, again, we don't know the full story, but again, there's... We'll never. I don't know if we'll ever know the full story, but that's what happened, and it's a shame because we did. We personally liked Len Perkins. Yeah, uh, and and again, I, I've had a lot of fun doing it. This won't change me. I'm still right. going to want to see as many Lady Muskrat games this year because they're going to be sensational again. Oh yeah, Ella Stevenson is must watch softball. Yeah. Ken Abamarito's much watch, much watch, must watch softball. I just said it fine ten seconds ago. <laughs> And and I I hope that whoever goes into the the situation that he or she appreciates that they're in a nice spot. Right. I just again the only thing that and and I hope and I actually hope they keep it internal and give it to somebody who's already on the staff. Well, again that that you kind of have to because in October it just that was the only thing that seemed really weird to me. Like if you're gonna make a change, if there were issues. Deal with that in July and cut ties. And again, I, it just that was the one thing that I went. Why it not? It might have taken time for things to come to the surface and to come to the attention of the AD. Maybe, but it just what what happened between the, the last out of Millington, three months of nothing, and then around Halloween, there's an issue that. Yeah, that was just the only thing that raised a question to me. But again, we aren't privy to a lot of that information. All right. Any final thoughts on anything today? Obviously, we're now Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We will be until next football season. So we'll do that. And yeah, winter sports are are kicking up. We'll obviously give ugly love until they're done playing. But until that point, we'll... Or once that's in, we're full go on winter sports, and boy, howdy, do we have a winter <laughs> slate for you. I, we Just going through our schedule, not including, like, yeah, C4 showcase and MAC tournaments and districts, we had, what, like 140-some games scheduled? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot. Uh, I, actually, I think it was even more than It was something ridiculous, that. but... I wrote it down someplace, but not in the pieces of paper that I have in front of me, but it's a lot. Our, uh, our first hockey game is, is actually Wednesday evening. Romeo uh, Marysville will obviously have the Larry Manns uh, tournament uh, as well coming up over the uh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend. Um, we'll continue to follow Ubley here, semifinals and finals. And, uh, and our first girls basketball game comes up on uh, Tuesday, the 29th or no, excuse me, the 30th. Comes up on the uh, 30th, and the boys start a week later. Yep. So maybe we'll talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find stuff to talk about because the start times for basketball this year are kind of, well, dumb. I think they're the same as most years. Eh, you don't usually start most, practice the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, well, yeah. That's that. But they added the two games. So there's. So why are you giving so them less week, time to start? There's a week somewhere in there. Yeah, but why are you giving them less time? I'm just no. What are you yelling at 
at me for? I'm not yelling at you. I'm just yelling in the same room <laughs> as you. Anyway, uh, we've rambled on enough. Anything else? Nope, I'm good. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.